With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, everyone. As you heard, it's an up-on-game takeover. Yes, yes, yes. I hope you have a nice warm coffee or tea or whatever it is that's your pick of the morning, your beverage of the day to get you started. I'm LeVar Arrington, my man TJ Hushmanzada. On the left, my man Stretch Armstrong. On the right, Voltron, I tell you, we, we formed a super crew. And if there's anybody that could come in and fill in for Dan and the Danettes, well, I would assume it'd be us. Good morning to you guys. How y'all feeling? Man, pretty good. How you pretty doing good. this early morning? At least early morning for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it feels good, man. Feels good. What about you, Plex? How you feeling, man? Did you get up? Did you do your thumb wrestling exercises and your toe toe raises and all that good stuff? How you feeling, man? Okay, good. That's good to know. I said we need to find Plex. Plex doesn't seem to be on, on air right now. But I got you right now, TJ Hushman's eye. That's fine. We got some great topics. And before we get going, I just wanted to make sure that I let you guys know about Mercedes-Benz. Yes, Mercedes-Benz vans more specifically. Listen, where other, other you know, vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond. From their customization options and cutting-edge tech to their five-star sales service and financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans are built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. So go the extra mile by taking that all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. I love some vans, some Sprinter vans, TJ. You know, it's my thing, man. You know what I mean? Like hey, with, with the with the uh, size of our family, Sprinter vans come in handy, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. They do. Uh, all right, so let's jump into some topics. We we got uh, 
we got a lot to talk about. We got draft expert Mike Renner, lead NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Focus, coming on uh, at twenty ten. Uh, excuse me, uh, at six twenty our time, nine twenty if you're on the East Coast. Talk about the draft and what we can expect. Some some feedback on that. But I want to start off the show. Uh, Obviously, we had the retirement announcement of Julian Edelman come out this week. A lot of people were, you know, heartbroken and, and, you know, just just hurt that Julian would call it quits. But after hearing him, you know, announce his retirement, it was was basically uh, it was basically discussed that, you know, it was his health and, and that, you know, that would be the thing. I hear we got Plex back on, on the line. Is Stretch there? Is, are, we, are we fully complete now? Yes, sir. We All right, there man. we go. All right, so the, 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 I guess, approach to this conversation for me is there's been a lot of fanfare, a lot of coverage of, of Julian Edelman and his retirement and all of the conversations that have spawned from it. And one of the biggest conversations, um, and you guys are both receivers, so I'm super interested to hear your guys' take on it, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? And Plex, who, I'll, who, who, want, who want to go first, Plex? <laughs> you or I? Yeah, I'll let you <laughs> you know. You know what? Uh, when, I heard, you know, when I heard he retired, and then, you know, it was all the talk about is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? You know what, Plex? Let me go first. Let me go first. <laughs> let me go first. Uh, you go. And, and the reason I said I, let me – I'm sitting here listening to you talk, and people will say, oh, Julian Edelman, he should be at Hall. I'm, I'm going to just straight up answer the question. Absolutely not. He shouldn't be. Okay. And coming from a receiver, oh, you're hating. No, 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 I'm hating. I'm keeping it 100. I'm being real with you. He's not a Hall of Famer. And, oh, he had great playoff success. I mean, when you play in a ton of playoff games and you play with the greatest quarterback ever, that's par for the course. Oh, he won a Super Bowl MVP. Well, in essence, our man Plexico should be in the Hall of Fame because, I mean, if I recall, he caught a game-winning touchdown to win the Super Bowl against one New England Patriots. And so all I know is Plex – came into the league before I did but when this is my criteria for the Hall of Fame when they say name the top linebackers in the league if your name doesn't come up in that conversation ever you're not a Hall of Famer so when you say for the last 12 years name the top receivers in the league you will name 15 or 20 guys before you get to Julian Edelman Julian Edelman had a great career, was a really good player. But the Hall of Fame is the best of the best because of what he did. It's not the Hall of Fame for playoff edition. It's the Hall of Fame for the entirety of your career. And so I know Plexico played great, had tremendous success in the playoffs. He didn't play in the many playoff games, but he was the guy. Mm-hmm. For the Giants when they made that Super Bowl run, I don't hear what? anybody saying Plexico Burris should be going to the Hall of Fame. Why is that Plexico? Hey man, you know, you know when you when you look at you know guys going into the Hall of Fame and you know um, you know what they've accomplished. You know, the, the, you know your resume as far as you know all pros. How many all pros did you make? 
and you know how many Pro Bowls did you make? How many Super Bowls did you win? So uh, Shannon Sharp, who was not in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> Sh- Shannon Sharp and myself, Sterling. Ha- you mean Sterling? Yeah, Sterling. Sterling. Sterling Sharp and myself have the same exact numbers. Sterling Sharp went to five Pro Bowls, and 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 it was a, a one-time All-Pro. I didn't make it to any Pro Bowls, and my numbers were better than him. So it, it, there's a lot of discrepancies mm-hmm. as far as who should who be. Who goes in. Who mm-hmm. goes into the Hall of Fame. But I'm going to give you this. Just like TJ just said, Julian Edelman, a Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. <laughs> being, a good, being a great playoff wide receiver does not make you a Hall of Famer. And – these guys, when it comes to this wide receiver stuff, as far as who should be in the Hall of Fame, like I'm all, I get sensitive about it because I know how hard it is to play the position and and do it at a high level, and to not be recognized for your body of work. I'm gonna just throw some names to you: Tory Holt, thirteen thousand; Henrietta, thirteen thousand. Jimmy Smith, 12,000. Jimmy Smith was cold. Jay Smooth. Cliff Branch. These guys are still not in the Hall of Fame. Still not in. Isaac Tory Holt. Isaac Bruce. Tory Holt. He he was the first wide receiver in NFL history history to have six consecutive 13,000-yard seasons. This man is not in the Hall of Fame. And we're talking about Julian Edelman? Reggie Wayne. I mean, come on, man. Hey, we 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 gotta stop this nonsense somewhere. Hey, Julian Edelman, the Hall of Famer. My stats are blow his out of the water. I'm gonna just mm-hmm. be frank. I know he played with Tom Brady and played in a a gang of playoff games. 620 receptions, 6,800 yards. What is that? Eight nine yards a catch? I don't know. I went to Michigan State, so <laughs> I don't know how many how many yards he actually became. We talking about thirty six touchdowns? Him going to the Hall of Fame? Don't 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 even take the stats out of it. Thirty six touchdowns, if, and we're talking about it, Julian Edelman. Is he a Hall of Famer? Base Famer. it off of receivers. No. If you base it off of talent, like Julian Edelman, he can play. I, and it sucks when you do this because it feels like you're putting somebody down. I'm and not putting that, nobody down. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> that, and, that, and, that, and that's my point is when you say, hey, name the top ten receivers in the league, you won't even think of him. You, you wouldn't even think of him. It's not and even close. So people that say the Hall of Fame, he had a platform in the playoffs that because he was with New England Patriots, he, he started as a quarterback at college at Kent State. Um, backed up Wes Walker. I don't think he's better than Wes Walker, to be honest with you. And Wes Walker ain't getting in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was Wes Walker's backup until Wes left. Y'all remember I mean, how just, long? It, y'all remember how long it took for Art Monk to get into you know, the hey, Hall of Fame? Let me tell you a story about Art Monk. Tell us. That's your. Area. I think on the very. I think on the very first show I came out. I said I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My yep. my mother was a was a diehard Washington football team fan. And I used to watch this guy run up and down the field number 81, and his name was Art Monk, and he was the reason why I started playing the position. He's the reason why I started playing football. Mm. And when I made it to – when we made it to the Super Bowl back in 2007, 
on media day on a Tuesday, they asked me, they said, how did you, when did you start playing football and what inspired you to play? And I told the same exact story. I saw, I saw a guy wearing number 81 with the same skin color as mine going out, diving, diving all across the field, making all these great catches. And I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be like Art Monk. And I paused during the question and I said, you know what? Excuse me. Um, can we please put Art Monk in the Hall of Fame? We're talking about 25 years later, and this man was still not well, he in was, the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, he was not in the Hall yeah, of Fame. For a long time. And he was the NFL uh, 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 league leader in history and receptions with like 889 receptions to that date. Mm-hmm. And he was still not in the Hall of Fame. And we're talking about Julian Edelman? Uh, I'll say this. I think that Julian Edelman had a fine career. I also will say as times have changed, and, and my answer is no, I don't, I don't believe he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and we're, we're discussing right now the retirement of Julian Edelman. And, and listen, I want to celebrate him, but, but us doing it wouldn't be uh, proper if we didn't have the conversation. I think, it, and, and to your point, TJ, it's not about us putting him down. I think it's actually a conversation that gives him a lot of props because we're actually having the conversation on. You're listening to the Dan Patrick Show uh, with the Up On Game crew, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris. You know, my idea of it is if if the conversation ensues then there was a reason why and this this conversation has continued to circulate and and really really kind of grow some legs so I wanted you know two of the the guys I respect the most to have the opportunity to to discuss if he was a hall of famer or not from your opinion let's let's shift gears just a little bit and and you know I, I think this is an interesting topic as well we we've discussed in prior shows about Bill Belichick and I you know took a lot of heat for saying you know last week that Bill Belichick's seat may get warm if he doesn't have a good season this year it kind of comes back full circle with Julian Edelman as the conversation of why I believed his seat could become warm is if you can't prove that the Patriot way is the Patriot way because of Bill Belichick and not because of Tom Brady, then I think that time could could get interesting for Bill Belichick and also for the New England Patriots. So my my next my next thought process on this whole topic was are are we looking at guys as as Hall of Fame level players because of the New England Patriot way? Because I look at it like this, guys. If Julian Edelman has to be looked at or or is being considered and being debated as as a Hall of Famer, shouldn't we look at Troy Brown first? Shouldn't we look at Dave Patton first? In terms of being a Super Bowl, oh, I mean, uh, you know, they, I mean, don't they have more accolades than than Julian Edelman as New England Patriots? I mean, there are receivers that have come through there that, to me, um, <laughs> were really good players that just maybe weren't A list guys in terms of recognition and and who they Lamar, were. Like Canton is the best of the That's best. That's the best man. of the best. It's the best of the best. It's not the 
best and oh we'll take up this is the best of the best man like i don't people on national television are saying this man, they don't know and this is kind of just they don't understand the game of football and, I, and i'll argue with anybody about this receivers know you you got to be able to get open in one-on-one coverage at all times on the inside and outside you can't just sit in a slot and exactly. run option routes like he had a hell of a career, but Canton is the best of the best, and Julian Edelman is good. He's not the best of the best. All right, listen, Troy Brown, three-time Super Bowl champ. Sound familiar? <laughs> okay. Uh, made it to Pro Bowl in 2001. I mean, his numbers, 6,366 yards total. I'll give you a Super Bowl MVP from the Patriots. What about Deion Branch? He was Super Bowl MVP. Deion Branch is a great he, name. He sure was. Deion what, Branch what, is a great why? name. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying. So now the question becomes, is this based off of, is this based off of the yes. Patriot way? Yes. It, and, it is, and, the, the, and, and what does that look like? Because they all had Tom Brady as a quarterback. This, this whole conversation of is Julian Elliman a Hall of Famer is strictly and only based off his playoff numbers. Because mm. it, and if you look at every statistical category, yards, receptions, he's not a lead in any of them. He's not. He's not. No, in the playoffs, yes, he is. He's in number two in the playoffs behind Jerry Rice. Yes, he's number two in the, in the playoffs. playoffs. In the, in the playoffs. playoffs. But, the, but the Hall of so Fame is that, is that, that, a, is that the great? No. Is that the great qualifier, though? It, 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 no, it's not. No, so are they not. moving a the goalpost yeah. for the qualification? Right. I thought it was the entirety of a career, not that's just That's what playoffs. I thought. What I mean, did I, you do on a consistent basis for thir- 12 or 13 years during your career during the regular season. All right, here's were what we Were you do. elite during the regular season, Sunday in and Sunday out? Hey, Plexico, you, how you make it easy. Hey, name the best receivers in the league. If your name doesn't come up, you're not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> here's I mean, what we're going to do. We're going to open play. this up to the callers. We're, we're going to have Mike Renner, lead NFL draft analyst at Pro Football Focus, uh, coming on next. But we're going to open this up to the callers, all right? Call in 877-996-6369. Please stay on topic. Is Julian Edelman, in your opinion, your humble estimation, is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, We want to know why. But next, we're going to bring on Mike Renner, and we'll talk about some of the things that's coming on or coming up for this upcoming draft. You're listening to The Dan Patrick Show. I'm LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, Plexico Burris. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. But on the other side of this break, we'll have Mike Renner talking about some draft stuff. The takeover, baby. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. 
It's me, LeVar Arrington, my man TJ Hutchman's out of Plexico Burst. It's the Up On Game Takeover. That's all. We're just going to fill in a little bit, give Dan a little bit of time to rest, enjoy a little bit of sleep. Uh, but who's not sleeping? Our next guest, Mike Renner, lead NFL draft analyst at Pro Football Focus. What's up, bro? Welcome him in. Talk some uh, some NFL draft. What, what's going on? How's it going, fellas? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I, I, I just want to jump out of the gate real quickly and ask the question. Everybody is talking about the quarterbacks in this draft, and that's become kind of the storyline uh, heading into the draft. Do you think that this is now turned into a quarterback heavy draft where other, you know, big name prospects may be getting pushed a little bit further down the draft board based upon all of the, the discussions and excitement surrounding these quarterbacks? I 100% think so. I, I would mm. be very surprised at this point if we didn't see quarterbacks go one, two, three, and four. I, I just mm. think one, the quarterbacks are that good. They are that deserving. When you talk mm. about guys like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and even Mac Jones into that mix, like, those top four guys that I mentioned are that talented where if you know, none of the other ones existed, they'd probably go number one overall. These are freakishly talented dudes. And then, two, the desperation is also that real. Like the, mm-hmm. the Broncos uh, desperately need a quarterback. There are the Washington football team desperately needs a quarterback. The Bears desperately need a quarterback. There are so many teams that they don't have that guy. You just you know you're not winning a Super Bowl nowadays to where I, I think you're going to see plays being made to go up and get one. Hmm. TJ, Plex. Now, okay, I'm sitting here. I, I was. I'm reading, and I see that Chris Collinsworth has said, you know, Chris Collinsworth. He he he's part of Pro Football Focus. That Jalen Phillips is the best defensive player in the draft. Do you agree with that? Be, I, Say you no. Know, I, I'm a skill guy, and, and I I look at physical freaks like Micah Parsons. There you go. And then you look at corners like J.C. Horn and Kayla Farley. What do you say? Do you believe he's the best defensive player in the draft? I do not. I'm going to have to disagree with my boss there. He's yeah. a talented dude, but it's like a Parsons man. It, it yeah. is a Penn State linebacker. Runs a sub 4-4 four, four, at 246 pounds. Come on. Like, a top five tape, and he's, he hadn't even played until he only played his sophomore year. Like, that was his last time we saw him. Like, he was a young guy. The last time we saw him on tape, didn't even get to, you know, complete that development that you get in college football and is still being talked about in that era because – that's the type of player we're working with. I, I love Jalen Phillips. I think he's a fantastic prospect. Uh, obviously produced this past year in Miami, but like Micah Parsons is a different breed at linebacker. Different dude. Hey, I love this. Hey, I love this NFL draft coming up. A lot of talent at the wide receiver position, but I'm watching this guy Kyle Pitts from the University of, mm-hmm. University of Florida, who kind of like reminds me of myself. He's six six. 245 pounds, runs a 4-4. He is shooting up the draft board. What do you think he's going to end up, and how, how, how good do you think this guy's going to be? It's tough to really pigeonhole or sort of peg down where he's going to end up because it's still a tight end. Like, it's, it's still, if you're drafting him, you're going to have to kind of have a plan to use him, and, and it's not necessarily everyone's offense really sets up well for him. But I think even if you're just considering him a wide receiver, he's you know in the mix with guys like Jamar Chase, Jalen Wild, Devontae Smith. And the beauty is, like, he's not a wide receiver. You're going to have to treat him like a tight end. So he's going to get matched up against safeties and linebackers at the NFL level. And that's, that's just a mismatch. And so 
it would not surprise me if he is the first non-quarterback drafted in this class, whether it's to the Bengals, to the Dolphins. I, I think he comes off the board somewhere in the first seven picks because even if you've got a tight end that's you know, starting right now, even if you're the Detroit Lions, you get T.J. Hawkinson. Cal Pitts is not a redundant player to you. He's the highest PFF grade we've ever given to a tight end, and he did a lot of it literally just on the outside, beating cornerbacks one-on-one. And I think that's the thing that a lot of tight ends cannot do and why you usually say don't draft those guys highly because you just put a cornerback on them and all of a sudden they're toast. That's not the case right. with Cal you, So you, you believe you, the Falcons you, pass on them at four? I just think the Falcons will trade back. I, I think there will be suitors to want to come up to pick number four for a quarterback, and then they're going to get an offer they can't refuse. But if I'm the Falcons and sitting at four and I have to draft, and I'm not getting trade offers, Cal Pitts is who I would take. So, 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 so you're saying that there's some NFL offenses that he does. He takes 245 pounds. One thing I've learned about playing in this league for 12 years is that you can neutralize speed, but you can't neutralize size. You can back mm-hmm. up off of speed. But when you have a guy who is 6'6", 245 pounds, and he's probably going to be – Faster, faster than the cornerbacks and safety that he's playing against. You can't neutralize size. Just give a guy a chance to go up and make a play, and probably I would say 85 90% of the chance he comes down with it. But but you can plug this guy anywhere. I really believe that as far as him run blocking, that be that may be one of the things that may be in question for him. But as far as putting him out on the edge and as far as making plays, I mean, I think the guy's dynamic. Oh, I agree. I, I just worry a little bit about it. I was more saying, like, not every offensive coordinator is going to come in and say, oh, we have this role where we can put him on the outside and put him on the inside. A lot of guys might just see him as tight end and say, we're going to plop him down as tight end and then not value that as much. That's Mike Renner, lead NFL draft analyst at Pro Football Focus. Make sure you pay attention to his stuff that he's got going on. Mike, I, I, it's interesting to think that there's there is a lot of talent in this 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 draft coming up what it, who has the most pressure on them is it is it the is it the jets at at two is it is it the niners is there a right or a wrong decision for these teams for me i think if justin fields is not the second quarterback off of the board that puts tremendous pressure on whoever it is that goes before him and it puts tremendous pressure on that team because I think back to guys like, well, Aaron Rodgers or uh, a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think of guys that Deshaun have been passed Watson. up. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, is there is there pressure? Who has the most pressure on them to get their pick correct in this year's draft? I think it's the 49ers. It's not to obviously have pressure too, but – the Jets are kind of Jets at this point. I think fans mm-hmm. are expecting it's going to fall apart. But like the 49ers, though, they gave up the next two years of draft for this one. So you better hit this one out of the park or else it could get ugly. You're not going to be able to find any more top-end talent for the next couple of years in the first round. So I think that, all, that in and of itself, to make that play up to number three overall, you better get it right because if you don't, all of a sudden there's your window, your Super Bowl window that you got this young, talented roster that brought you there two years ago, all of a sudden it's going to close if you draft a quarterback who really gets out there and is not you know, playing at a high level. And pro football focus would draft who? 
I would draft Justin Fields there. Obviously, I, I think at this point Lawrence and Wilson are going one and two. I think that's kind of almost set in stone. I would draft Justin Fields because of the way he can open up your offense. I think that Mac Jones might be a better schematic fit with just playing what he did at Alabama and then translating it to what he would do in San Francisco. But Justin Fields is a good schematic fit who can also bring more to your scheme, who can also open up the playbook in the running game, Mm -hmm. who can also extend it down the football field with his arm strength in ways that Mac Jones can only dream about. And I think that's why you make the play to go up to number three overall, why you give up future drafts is to get that high end that you're not getting with Jimmy Garoppolo and you're not getting with Mac Jones. So, so when you look okay, at uh, uh, go, go, go ahead, Plex, go ahead. Uh, let me ask you this, man. Where do you see my, my, my New York Giants at? Because I'm hearing Jalen Waddle. I don't know what's going on with their pick. Uh, uh, do you think they're going to get Daniel, Jam- Daniel Jones some help on the outside to help him progress and make plays? Well, where do you see the New York Giants drafting that? I think they'll go offense. I do think they give him some help. I do worry a little that – Dave Gettleman, obviously kind of on the hot seat there, going to make some job-saving moves and try to maybe just plug holes, and that might mean offensive line, maybe getting someone like Rashawn Slater from Northwestern or Elijah Vera Tucker from USC just to kind of plug there at guard and say, okay, now we got our pass protection system because obviously watching them last year, that was their biggest issue. But, man, it would be hard for me to pass on Jalen Waddell. That guy plays football at a different speed than everyone on tape, even at Alabama last year played he is electric not only with the ball in his hands but even as a route runner like he even compared to henry ruggs last year uh watching them both on tape at the same time he's in my opinion a much much better route runner so that's what i would lean but i do think ultimately i, I would be surprised if they don't go off and fly Mike, we really appreciate you uh, coming on. Last last question before we let you go. I knew this was coming. I was waiting for it. What? What? <laughs> I'm not even going to Penn State. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm not going to say that Jason Oway should be a top ten oh pick or Michael God. Parsons should be a top ten pick. I'm not going to do that because, I mean, when you get guys that are as talented just and as gifted as them and that run four three eights and four three six, when have we ever heard of that? And the the talent that goes with it, I'm not going to talk about those things. I, I, but, but what I wanted to ask, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you, Mike, was uh, you know, do you have a diamond in the rough going into this draft? Because we get so caught up into looking at the big name guys and and what they're going to do, but then there's always the guys that you know we know are going to end up being really, really strong professionals that people just don't talk about and then we turn around we look back two three years later and we's like why didn't we talk about this guy more going into the to his draft what what draft class was he in you know all these different questions who's your diamond in the rough if you have one my my biggest one in this draft class would probably be walker little the stanford tackle because what we last saw from him on tape was two years ago. He got hurt in 2019, only played one he game. He was a opt number out, one recruit coming out of high out, school. Exactly. I remember opt him. out in 2020. Was a, t- a five-star type of recruit. Goes to Stanford. David Shaw raved about him, started him as a true freshman. Was improving a ton. Was kind of in the mix for that top tackle last year. But then again, they said got hurt. And we have only seen one game from him in the last two years. People kind of forgot about him. But uh, the physical tools that he has and what he did as pro day and kind of the improvement we were seeing from him. He was going to be in that top 10 to 15 mix if he just stayed healthy, and he didn't. But now he is back healthy, and I think people are kind of forgetting about him in a deep tackle class. But if he falls the second round, you feel, like I said, be getting a top 10 to 15 player. Mm. 
Well, I I agree. I remember that year Stanford had the number one and the number two high school tackles in the country, and he was one of them. I actually like that. That that's a diamond in a rough that could have people saying, "Wow, how did we miss this guy?" That that was actually pretty good. I thought you were gonna go skill guy. That was great, actually. What about Christian Darisaw, O tackle out of Virginia Tech? I don't know if he's a diamond at this point. I think everyone right in the rough at this Just point. Just everybody he's knows. Yeah, everyone you know, <laughs> hitting this guy lob wedge into the green right now because he's so dominant on tape last year at Virginia Tech. I'd be surprised if he you know, falls past Washington or Chicago at number 19 or 20 there. Man, I just love to hear that. That's that's. I wasn't promoting him because of any personal ties or anything, but he is a pretty pretty phenomenal young man that has had an, an amazing career at Virginia Tech. Anyway, Mike, it's been great having you on. This is Mike Renner, lead NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. Make sure you pay attention to his mock drafts, his lists, his his analysis. We brought him on because he's the best at what he does. So we just we're happy to get you on, man. And and yeah, we'll talk to you soon, bro. For sure, fellas. Thanks for having All me right. on. Have a good Appreciate one. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Mike. All right. Sounds good. All right. Now I want to I want to revisit the Patriot Way, guys, because we're opening it up again to the phone lines. If you want to get in on this, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. We're going to take your calls on the other side of your of this break, but we're not taking a break just yet. I, I I'm interested in hearing. From you, TJ and Plex, before we go to the callers. Um, it's the Patriot way, when we look at it, is is Edelman a product of Tom Brady or is he a product of Bill Belichick? And I guess it doesn't have to be an either or, but which one, is it the scheme that made Julian Edelman or is it Tom Brady's ability to read the defense's within the scheme and understand how the scheme works for Tom Brady and how it works for, you know, him. Because, I mean, I mean, when, again, you look at it, there are a lot of guys. We could look at Amendola. We could look at, uh, like we mentioned before, Deion Branch, David Patton, Troy Brown, uh, Givens. There, there are so many different receivers that have had um, some good success in Super Bowl runs with, this team is it more the schematics or is it more Tom Brady is it the Patriot way or is it Tom Brady's way I'm gonna say it's 70 percent Brady 30 percent the system and those guys you named they, they had success they didn't have the type of success that Julian Edelman had uh, Wes Walker in, in my opinion had a better career than Edelman um, Deion Branch physically was in my opinion a better receiver than Edelman um, but Edelman had more success in the playoffs. That's because Dion got traded to Seattle um, financially, got lifetime um, security when, when he got when he got traded to the Seahawks. But when when you have Tom Brady, and he is, I would guess in pretty much everybody's estimation, the greatest quarterback to ever play, that helps and that helps a ton. But New England, they also have great coaches that put in a system that fits the players. And so Julian Edelman benefited from that. He has to get open, but it it helps when you have a quarterback like Brady uh, throwing you the ball. And I think everybody would admit that. If you could play your entire career with Tom Brady, you should do very well. Hmm. Listen, if, if you understand 
offense and you understand pro football is exactly what TJ just said. And let me cut it's you a, off, Lax. When it, I say entire career, I mean, because last year he right. was hurt, so last year really right. doesn't count, but I'm sorry. Yeah, when you talk about what TJ just said, man, it's a culmination of all of those factors. You're talking about Tom Brady. What, what wide receiver has not had success <laughs> playing with Tom Brady? I mean, let's just go down the list. And, uh, you know, the reason why a guy like Deion Branch and Patton and, and, and some of these guys that played with him didn't have the success that he had because Tom, uh, uh, Julius Edelman played there for 12 years. So, so, therefore, his stats would be, you know, uh, a lot better than some of the guys that he played. Wes Welker was, was, in, was playing for the Miami Dolphins before he came to New England, and, and overnight – Wes Welker just took off. Nobody really knew who Wes Welker was when he was playing for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Nobody knew. So yeah. So then when you get to the you know the schematics and the game planning and and, and all those things and you got the goat on the center, everybody knows who the goat is. Julian Julian Edelman had, plays the number three wide receiver. What that means is he is basically the closest wide receiver to the end of the line of scrimmage. What does that mean? He plays against a lot of linebackers. He plays. He plays against the Nichols, who are who are the first, uh, you know, the, the the fourth best defensive back on the on the field, and he basically just runs a lot of read routes. For all you people out so on the outside do not know what a read route is, he is basically running a five six yard in or out based on the leverage of the defender. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not it's it's hard to not mess it's that up. Impossible. Yeah. When you have a guy like Tom Brady Cloud or and Jul- Julian Edelman is or t- is 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 releasing up the field six yards, he is gonna run a, run this route based off of where the linebacker is playing him and where the defensive back is playing him. If, 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 the, if the defensive back is playing outside and the and, and linebacker is sitting there, he's going to hook it up. If the guy wants to play inside, he's going to get up on him and make a move and go outside. So uh, when you're running this offense and you're running these routes with a guy like Tom Brady, you're going to catch a gang of passes. It's not like – they're putting them on the outside and say, you know what? We need you to win right now on third and seven versus bump and run coverage. We need you to get open. That is not the case with Julian Edelman. It's You're never listening. been the case. You're you done? No, we go good. ahead. We good? You done? Go you finished that? I, I'm finished. Because I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I thought you was done. I, I apologize. I digress. Well, you know what? They did a great job of hiding him. Was what you were saying? That was the point you was getting at? Yes, sir. Jeez. All right. Well, I know what you think. I know what TJ thinks. I want to know what the callers think. You're listening to the Dan Patrick Show with LeVar Arrington. That's Plexico Burris. You just heard right there giving you some amazing analysis. Um, And TJ Hushmanzada with his breakdown as well. We're going to get the callers on the other side of this break, though, because I want to hear what the education of our callers, what's what's the IQ level, the football IQ level of our callers on the other side of this break. And we'll be right back after these messages. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, 
at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning to y'all. Hope that you're off to a great start. We've been having some great conversations. Uh, Right now, we want to jump out to the phone lines and see what the callers are thinking. All right, so we're going to go into Miami. Uh, Matt, what say you about Julian Edelman? Hall of Famer, yes or nay? I got to say yay. Definitely a Hall of Famer. Give Give us the reasons why. Well, at first I need to ask, uh, what color is that haterade you guys drinking today? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I don't it's, know. It's 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 a lot it's of hate. They it's got a lot of hate true. going on he down must, there. Okay, hold on, hold on. Get to your be, point. Get to the point. Mean, I, I'll get to my point. What is the point of a receiver's job? It's to get open. And what okay. did Edelman do? He gets open. That's the number one job. Hey, what's your number one job as a receiver? Get open uh, for the quarterback. Catch the football. Who's, who's your? Can I ask you who's your <laughs> favorite? The number one team? job of a wide receiver is to catch the football. Okay. Your, okay. Did he do that? Who's your favorite football team? The, the Redskins. Patriots. The who? The Redskins. Okay. Oh, geez. The they're Hard not a team. They're not okay, a team. Now, now, let me now. Let me let me ask you this question. And. Would you know that would was you some take, haterade you just would, put would out you there? Take, would you take? Would you take? Have you been? Have you been a Washington uh, football team fan for a while? Yeah, since I was born. Okay, so would you say Julia Edelman's a better receiver than Santana Moss? Yes, I would. Oh, oh my wow. God. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, oh, so, oh, so let you me ask you a second question. For me, I count playoffs, but I'm counting playoffs. Let Santana me ask you a second question. Control that. Let me ask you a second question. And do neither can Julian, Julian Edelman. Do you think Julian Edelman is better than Gary Clark? It, you, yeah. stu- you, you, stumbled, exactly you stumbled on that one. Exactly my point. Is that a tough one? Exactly Listen, my point. Hey, exactly my point. Exactly my point. And Gary one. Clark is not in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. And, my and point. that's not even close, though. That's not even a debate. Gary Clark you know, is one I'm of the dopest Homer's receivers. That way, though. Uh, I don't know, man. Gary Clark, bro. Well, listen, I mean, was Josh Gordon? Is Josh Gordon a better receiver than Julian Edelman? No. Talent so? wise, talent Ta- potential wise, talent yes, wise, but yeah. but as a pro, no, not no, not even close. Mm. Would you well, put then that, that, Julian that's Edelman? interesting you say that though, because if Why Josh is Gordon is faster, bigger, can you know, probably ahead. catches the ball, but he, I don't know. Josh Gordon like was getting, a better football get, player than like Julian you said, Edelman. Getting open and catching the football—that's your job as a receiver. Yeah, but that, I think Edelman job, but did you have to do that. Good. 
but you have to do that. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate it because we got to get other callers. But but it's not just catching the ball and running routes to get open. It's it's how you catch the balls. It's how you get open. It's the yards. The it's the it's the accolades. It's the awards. It's the it's the accomplishments. I just there's there's a lot more to it than just you got to get open. I mean, receivers have to get open. That's everybody's job. Let's jump. Uh, let's get Jeremy f- before we get a quick break. Uh, Jeremy in Bama. What what you got? You got to make it quick, though, say, bro. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to shut that first caller down right here. Because he says you, you know, he had that he was always open and he always had catches. If that's, if that's the fact, then listen to this. Wes Walker, receptions, 903. Edelman, 620. Yards, 9,924. Edelman, 6,822. Welker, touchdowns, 50. Edelman, 36. At, the difference between them two players, Welker, 0-3 in the Super Bowl. Edelman, 3-0 and in the Super Bowl. He won three Super Bowls. He won mm. three Super Bowls. That's the only reason anybody's talking about whether he goes into the Hall of Fame. If we're talking about going based on numbers, Welker goes in before Edelman does. Hmm. Hey, you know what? One thing I can say, people down in Alabama know about football. <laughs> I'll say this before we go to break. Five-time Pro Bowler, two times on the first team All-Pro, which is – that is hard. That is very difficult to do to become a first team All-Pro. Two times on the second team All-Pro. Led the NFL in receptions three times. We're talking about uh, Wes Welker. I don't think that it's even up for debate for for that. So – Anyway, you know, that I guess that's one of those debates that will continue on as we move through, uh, I guess, Wes Welker's career. But next, we're going to talk about a couple different things. Uh, we're going to shift and go into basketball and talk about this round ball and, uh, you know, what Kyrie Irving and Dennis Schroeder had going on. Anyways, you're listening to the Dan Patrick Show. We're the Up On Game crew, Fox Sports Radio. We'll be right back. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.